0: Listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Good show for you today. We're going to talk about rumors in Bachelor Nation that never end up being true. We're going to talk about that challenge finale last night. Got me. <laughs> the editing got me. We're also going to talk about Special Forces and that ridiculous challenge they had them do last night <laughs> during. Like, we'll get to that and maybe a couple other things momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first all-female dating competition show in the U.S. It premiered this past Tuesday on Valentine's Day. It'll now release a new episode every Saturday for the next four months. Follow the first Bachelorette internet sensation, Amber Whittington, as she dates a diverse group of 16 women all vying for her heart. Go to comingoutforlove.com, click the watch button in the top right-hand corner, purchase whatever bundle you like, use promo code Steve for 15% off your order, and you're all set for the 16-episode season pass. This podcast is also brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to hellofresh.com/realitysteve65 and use code realitysteve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Hellofresh.com/realitysteve65. Use code realitysteve65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Hellofresh, a number one America's number one meal kit. All right, let's get started. First off. Podcast number, what number are we on? I already forget. Geez, What podcast are we on, Steve? 326. We'll be up in a couple hours. It's with EW.com critic Kristen Baldwin. We talk about Zach. We talk about the interview she got to have with Zach. Well, her company did uh, earlier this week when he was in Atlanta. Or No, it was maybe towards the end of last week when he was in Atlanta for the SCAD TV Fest. SCAD? I'm already forgetting. Gosh, let me look at my notes so I don't screw this up again. Scad, Yeah, SCAD TV Fest is what it was called. It was in Atlanta last week. Joe and Serena did a podcast episode, which I believe is out now, with Zach. And then a lot of uh, EW.com has studios down there, so they conduct an interview with him. He said a couple interesting things. But she is the guest today on the Thursday interview podcast, number 326. And we talk some other TV shows that we think that you might want to be interested in. So let's get started with what's going on in Bachelor Nation. And really all it is is misinformation yet again. Yesterday, Radar Online, which I didn't even know was still an outlet. I haven't heard them report anything remotely correct or even make any... Like, read, read a story on one of the major sites and says, first reported by Radar Online. I didn't even know Radar was still a site. But yesterday, out of fucking nowhere, they came out with this, ABC is looking to hire Chris Harrison back because the ratings are tanking. I didn't even click on the story. I didn't need to click on the story because I already knew it wasn't true. And I think Radar Online knew it wasn't true. And that's what they're going for. Salacious clickbait headlines now because if any of them at radar have listened to any of Chris Harrison's podcasts, he's made it perfectly clear he's not going back. He he got a settlement agreement to go away. He's not going back to that show nor are they interested in bringing him back. It's just such it's so clickbaity and it drives me up a wall because again, if I did something like that and I just threw something out there like, "Hey, sources are telling me they're after Chris Harrison." You'd be like, "What?" Based on what? And again, and I would be rightfully criticized, but these people just get away with garbage like that. It's unbelievable. No, you listen to anything Chris Harrison has said on his podcast. The guy has no interest in going back on the show. He's made it perfectly clear without being so direct. He's made it about as clear as you can get without saying it directly. Hell no, I would never go back and work for those people basically what he's saying under his breath if you listen to that so it was just utterly ridiculous to think that that headline and you know how many people sent it to me over 50 what do you think of this is this true I, I didn't even respond what's the point people he's not going back there they gave him a settlement agreement to go away they're not bringing him back not to mention just the idea of the story where it's, oh, ABCs know the show's on its last leg, so they're going to bring in Chris Harrison as like a coming down on a riding in on his white horse to save the franchise. A guy that gets two minutes an episode is going to save the franchise? No. It's just clickbaity stuff. They wanted to get clicks, and they said ABC is after him, and within... I don't know, a few hours, ABC released a statement saying, not true, not reached out to Chris Harrison to come host. So again, I, I, hope, I hope when you see stories like this, when you see anything that's very juicy when it comes to Bachelor Nation, before you send it to me, consider the source. If it comes from Ducks Moy, don't send it to me. If it comes from Radar Online, don't send it to me. If it comes from celebgossip.com, don't send it to me. You have to consider the source when you read stories like this. And I don't think a lot of people did. But I was, I'm was i almost positive Radar Online shut down for a few years. I did not not even know they were back in business. That's how irrelevant they are. So if they're posting stories like that, you don't even need to read it. And I don't even know if people read it. They might have just seen the headline and sent it to me and saying, hey, is this true? Come on. Let's just think about things before you actually send them to me. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Chris Harrison's not going back to that franchise. Just let that pipe dream go. And speaking of Ducks Moy, I was thinking about this yesterday. For those don't know that don't understand it's, yes, I'm very well aware it's pronounced Dumois. I call it Dux Moy because I don't respect what they do, so I'm not going to call them by their name. Dux Moy, remember about, what was it, around a month ago? They posted that blind item that anybody can send in anything, and they just post it where it said, oh, there's a Bachelor Nation couple that's about to announce their divorce. They're just letting this other one blow over. Well, it's been a good month and nobody's announced anything. So once again, looks like Ducks Moy posts something that they don't vet out, they don't even look into, they just post it so people can start talking. And how many times did that email get sent to me? Close to 100. Who is it, Steve? Do you know? Have you heard anything? And I said at the time, first off, we don't even know if this is true because anybody can send anything into Ducks Moy. Under a made-up email account, and they'll just post it. So, can we stop giving them clicks? Can we stop? And anytime a Bachelor Nation story gets sent to them, I end up getting it. You know, same thing like the Chris Harrison stuff. Do you have you heard about this? Is this true? And it's it's like I want to do a cut. Maybe I should just have a cut and paste email ready and set to go. And when someone sends me something, anything that comes from Ducks Moy, all I do is, I don't even have to have a statement ready to go, just have a picture, which is a screenshot of the Ducks Moy Instagram bio that says, right on their page, some statements made on this account have not been independently confirmed, this account does not claim information published is based in fact, just send that out to every person who emails me anything about Ducks Moy, that's all you need to know. I don't even have to say, well, I don't know. Maybe it could be true. No. Here's you're you're giving me you're sending me something from a site that literally says we don't vet shit. We'll post anything, and we're not even claiming it's based in fact. It's it it's (laughs) look, they took off during the pandemic, all the credit in the world to them. They have now 1.7 million followers. I remember when they first came on the scene during the pandemic and they had less followers than me on Instagram. This isn't any sort of sour grapes. You heard me talking through this when Ashley Spivey and I were doing lives during it. I said, this place is garbage. If this is the way they want to make money, they wrote a book. I mean, they have a podcast. There have been a couple celebrities that have called them out because they know the woman that is behind this account. They haven't outed her, but they know who it is. And it's someone who has worked in the tabloid industry for a long time and basically is just now making a career out of it likes spreading false information and putting stuff out there that they don't even know if it's true or not. So, yeah, I, it's very hard to respect them. I understand that this is the route they've chosen to go. I could do the same exact thing. I could be the du moi, the ducks moi of Bachelor Nation if I wanted to, but I'm just choosing not to. I could easily put out a blind statement every single week, one a week for 52 weeks, and just have everybody guessing about shit that I have heard in Bachelor Nation. you be like, well, how do you know it's true? I, I don't, but I'm just putting it out there because it was told to me. So it's nothing different than what Dumois does. They're literally just putting stuff out there that's emailed to them. So that's what I mean. Like, it's if that's the way they want to make money, I, I guess congratulations. But you're doing it at the expense of starting rumors and having people guessing about things that maybe not be true. And it just, it's bad business to me. It's horrible journalism. It's, it's the misinformation world that we live in, and they're feeding into it, and it sucks. I wish they'd go away, but it doesn't look like they're going away anytime soon. Let's talk about the challenge finale last night. What have I been saying all season? I'm like, man, they are really playing up Bananas and Nani, and Nani's mother dying Bananas going for number eight. Bananas has been very vocal on social media about tuning into the show. And I just didn't think his ego would, not that he wouldn't promote the show, but he was promoting it so much that I just didn't think his ego would allow him to continually promote a show that he basically bombed in the finale of, which is what happened. And it wasn't close. And congratulations to Devin and Tori two deserving winners. You know, there were 12 checkpoints during that one hour or a hundred hour finale, and they won 11 of them. Now, one thing that I got an answer to that I'd been asking all season, if you've been listening to this daily roundup all season, when I was talking about the challenge, I'm like, in terms of the finale in this hundred hour finale, it wasn't making sense to me because there weren't, they weren't doing a cumulative time. It was just, okay, you finish the checkpoint first. Great. Let's go to the next one. And, It was just who was finishing first at the checkpoints. And Devin actually answered the question. This is how he answered a question when this was a post, uh, this came up last night on EW.com post show interview with the winners after they had won. And Devin said, It was told to us by TJ when he came to the house, he hammered the idea of do not give up. This is anybody's race. I had a pretty good understanding from the beginning that it certainly wasn't going to be collective time. We haven't seen that in a long time. It was clear to me, even on the bikes, there's no benefit to killing ourselves here. People, for morale reasons, wanted to get off those bikes, but no one's falling asleep as soon as they hit the pillow. That's where, to me, experience pays. I was very surprised that Jordan and Nisa, Bananas and Nani didn't take the same approach, which was, we have to sit on the bike for an extra 10, 15 minutes, and this is going to help us further down the line. So yeah, it was never a collective time. It was always about just win your checkpoint and you get a little bit of a head start in the next one. Devin went on to say, um, Nani actually hurt her leg on the bike. Did that happen because she went too hard? The first checkpoint of a four day final, it certainly didn't help. Long story short, it was irritating to win these days by a long amount and then get a short advantage. But with that being said, you were never out of the race. There was a relief in a sense that this may not be our particular checkpoint or our day. But we knew we were still in it. We happened to be in the lead the whole time, so it didn't benefit us. But it was fair for everybody, and knowing it's going to be fair gives me extra motivation to never quit because you're literally never out of the game. So that to me was a fair trade off. Yeah, is what I was saying the whole time ever since this finale started. I said, I'm not understanding this. There's no advantage to finishing first. And Devin just confirmed it with his post show interview. So congratulations to them. I didn't realize they won eleven of the twelve checkpoints. Two of them were not shown. Devin said in that interview that they also won because they didn't. It didn't really affect things. And even yesterday in the finale, when they started out and they had to go through the maze, I guess the biggest thing, the biggest advantage they had was when Devin and Tory finished the maze first. That means that they didn't have to compete and. The second and third place teams had to compete in the losing team, which ended up being Jordan and Nisa, were eliminated. And there was a two-team final. So that was probably the biggest one. It was almost like nothing they did up to that point was very much of an advantage except for that one, that they finished the maze first so they didn't have to compete to see who was going to get sent home and finish in third place. So now as for that final challenge, another thing Devin said in that interview, five hours long. Because, again, when I'm watching it on TV last night, it started with 30 minutes left. With 30 minutes left in the episode is when they started. It might have been a little bit less, like 32, 33 minutes. Is when they started that final challenge going through the four different blocks. And, look, I'm never going to criticize anybody who participates on that show. Because they can do things that I don't think physically I can, especially at my age. I'd be able to do a few of the few of the challenges, but not most of them. No. When I watched that one last night, I didn't think that final thing that they had built up all season for seemed that tough. I trust me, I'm not saying it was easy. I guess maybe expected something bigger. However, that you know the first thing they had to do was pull the spears out of the wall, which obviously would be. Killing your arm muscles, and then 200 cinder blocks into a puzzle. And yes, after 97 hours, 95 hours previously, you're probably worn out. But look, I, I'm not here to criticize it. It was, it was, I, I just have seen tougher final challenges. With that said, have we ever seen that big of a blowout? in the finals because you all saw it. If you didn't go back and watch on the 200 center block puzzle, bananas and Nani screwed up and there was a block after they had already pretty much built their whole puzzle. There was a block somewhere in the middle of it that screwed up the whole puzzle. And so the only way to complete that puzzle was to tear down 200 center blocks and tear them back up. Devin Torrey, we're already on to the next phase and basically bananas and nani just sat out the rest of the final and said you know what it just we're not going to sit here and tear down these 200 center blocks to get one to fix the whole thing build it back up and then get in there we're not we're we're too far behind the other thing devin said was the fourth thing that they had to get through before they pulled the lever the chains took 2 hours <laughs> So that means Bananas and Nani literally were sitting there for probably three to three and a half hours, maybe four, with the center block stuff. And they just decided, no, we're done. We're not going to try that. We're not going to tear it down 200 center blocks. Because if the final one took two hours and and Bananas and Nani were still sitting there at their center blocks, which was stop number two, I mean... That's a long-ass finale after you know, 95 hours already previous of stuff to do. So credit in the world to Devin and Tori for winning that. They are going to be on yet another season. Actually, I don't know if Devin is. I think I saw Tori's name on the Challenge World Championships that begins on Paramount Plus in a couple weeks. What's the date on this? Uh, It starts on... The Challenge World Championship is set to premiere Wednesday, March 8th in the U.S. and Canada with two back-to-back episodes. This is beyond um, Paramount+. And it's Challenge Legends, and they're paired up with global MVPs. Remember, Danny and Sarah won Challenge USA, but they also brought in, I guess, the the second-place team was Ben and Justine. So they're on it, too. Uh, And then... The Challenge Australia, I guess the top four finishers in Challenge Australia, and then also the top four finishers in Challenge Argentina and Challenge UK, which haven't been finished airing yet. So once those finish airing, they will announce the other eight. But basically 16 legends, 16 global MVPs, and you're paired up. I don't know if it's guy-guy, I don't know if it's guy-girl, I don't know if it's girl-girl. But the Challenge legends that will be there, Amber, Darrell, Jody, Bananas, Jonna, Jordan, Casey, Kellyanne. That's been a while since we've seen her. Nelson, Nia, Theo. Theo's coming back. Didn't he didn't he lose an eye? Isn't he wearing an eye patch? Tori, Wes, and Yes. Yes, Duffy. I think he won the um All-Star one. Those are the 16. So Devin is not in it. Tori is. And then they already have eight. They have Ben, Danny, Justine, and Sarah from the Challenge USA, four people from Challenge Australia that I doubt people know, and then they're waiting for Argentina and UK to end, and those there'll be eight from those. And so 32 all together, paired up, 16 teams, and it's going to air them Paramount+. And finally, Special Forces last night. We are at the penultimate episode. I wish we would have gotten a better explanation as to why Gus Kenworthy was medically taken from the show it said he had a reaction to something and they said the actual medical term on tv but they said it so fast and they didn't explain it at all clearly he had a medical reaction to something because he was still competing at the highest level until he forgot his badge on his arm he had to end up doing 20 burpees after going in the water and rolling in the sand and then after that he couldn't stop coughing So he had some sort of allergic reaction. They gave him a shot, but apparently that didn't work. They had to take him to an ambulance, took him away, and then he basically was gone. And they said he had to be medically evacuated from the show. And he was a guy that was probably the second best. He was easily going to pass or whatever the final thing is that the coaches are going to give to the contestants. He was easily going to pass. Him and Danny Omendolev passed the most challenges by far. And Speaking of the challenges, the one yesterday, again, they, they seem to get harder every week, but that one yesterday was ridiculous because as much as Hannah Brown has killed it this season and been the most impressive because she's not even close to being a world-class athlete to last as long as she has to pass as many challenges as she has, she's been this season's MVP Same way, and Carly Lloyd hasn't passed a lot of challenges, but has, you know, is a world class athlete being a soccer player for the U.S. women's national team for all those years. Getting dumped into the ocean, a helicopter dropping a rope, and you having to climb the rope after swimming in the water over to it. That, you know, it's one thing to balance and go across, you know, and balance and, and, and go across between. You know, fifty feet, sixty feet between two rocks or whatever. That challenge yesterday was pure strength. And Hannah Brown, while God love her, been unbelievable this season. There was zero chance she was going to pull herself up on that on that rope. And same with Carly. It, the upper the upper body strength that you need to do that is, I mean, Dwight Howard, look at his shoulders. He could barely get up it, and he never even came close to finishing. Gus and Danny were the only two that finished, and you know they have the upper body strength to do that. And Hannah just doesn't. It was just there was she went first, and I, I, <laughs> I mean I, you should have heard me at home. I'm like zero chance. She's she's gonna pull herself up maybe one rung, and that's it. Way too hard, especially after jumping off a boat and having to swim over to. No chance. And I didn't think Carly was going to do it either. It's just not only not only are you soaking wet, you've got the helicopter propellers blowing against you essentially. And as the coaches said, if you don't go up fast, you're done. Because the longer you strain to push it up, you are going to get gassed out. And that's exactly what happened. Happened to Hannah, happened to Carly, and happened to Dwight. But, man, that was a tough one. And I I... I As 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 impressed as I have been with Danny all season, I was even surprised that he got to do it. And he went up it fairly easily. And then once he did it, I knew Gus would be able to do it. So uh, next week is the finale, I'm sure. I I, I have a hard time believing. There's only four of them left. Because now that Gus is gone, it's Danny, Dwight, Hannah, and Carly. I have a hard time believing, unless it's individual challenges at the end, or it looks like they're kind of working as a team. And then if they complete some sort of mission, they'll get a pass or fail. I got to believe that all four of them are going to get a, you know, quote, passing grade. But if it's done individually, maybe they will say, you know what, you're not, you wouldn't be cut out for this. So we'll see. But really good show. I hope they do it again. I really hope they bring this show back. It's been a, it's been really cool. It's been inspiring in some ways. And I hope they bring it back. And, you know, same thing, 16 contestants that aren't, You know, they'll have athletes, of course. Half the cast will be athletes, and then half the cast will be, you know, C and D list celebrities from reality shows. But really curious to see if anybody else that's a non athlete, because Hannah Brown has basically set the standard for all reality show contestants on that show. We'll see if anybody, if they bring the show back, and if they do, if anybody can match what she did this season. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Like I said, podcast number 326 coming up in a couple hours with. Kristen Baldwin from EW.com. She's a television critic there. You've heard her on the podcast numerous times. She's so fun to talk to. We talk all about The Bachelor. We talk about a lot of television shows and some goodies in there for you. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.